Hello and welcome to Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Pretty good, mate. Uh, <laughs> this is different. We're doing a little bit of an intro to a episode that we basically recorded last night. Um, we did it live and uh, we thought that we'd just do an intro to clean up the beginning of it and uh, hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah, so this is for the Greece v Serbia game on Saturday, um, November 9. Greece won 82-6 to qualify for the World Cup in 2021. So sit back and wrap your ears around this. So, do you remember when uh, Great Britain used to have a rugby league team? Yeah, I think the last time I saw Great Britain with a rugby league team who would a genuine threat and had heaps of superstars was 1990. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, Look, but now, so many, I mean, that, so many players in that 1990 side, I loved watching. Like, I tuned in just to watch some of those guys play. Mm. Um, I couldn't find myself tuning in to watch the current Great Britain side play anyone in any sport. Yeah, they're very boring, uh, and they're hopeless. Imagine if you went back to 1990 and you see, see that, that guy in the wing there, he's like lightning. Well, one day, they're going to have a guy in the wing, but he's going to be a half, and he's going to be from Habersham, and he's going to be their best player, but he's not very good. Despite the fact that he has, uh, he knocks on his first kick. He gets taken into touch on his second. Uh, mm. He's... His third involvement in the game, he misses a tackle, which leads to a try. Yeah. Yeah. And but he's definitely their best player in the field. He's the best player in the field, despite the fact that eight points came because of his stuff-ups in the first 25 minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Yeah. And let, let's, look, let's, let's break it down, shall we? <coughs> if you've got to have Blake Austin in your, in your, seven, in your 13... But you don't want to have him in the halves. Why would you put him on the wing? Like, why not put him at centre where he's not going to be a target when under kicks and stuff? Well, the other thing I don't understand is like, why did they take so many halves? Like, like George Williams. Why have they got him? Well, yeah, and especially after the way would have played in the the first two games, Williams should have played in this match. I agree. Like, it just seems like, <coughs> why not? Like, give it a go. You've got to try something. They've got to do something different. Exactly. It's, and I said all along, I've never seen Lomax as being a fullback. I'd rather see Lomax at six than I'd, than at fullback. I don't, I know, I know you said before that you don't, you don't see anything great about Lomax, but, mm. If I had to choose, I'd rather him at six because I think the thing you're going to need when you're playing against any of these teams that all the players are from the NRL, mm. you need a strong kick return. Because mm-hmm. all the defences and everything like that, they're all the same if you know, if they've played in the NRL long enough. And the one thing all those teams need, the best teams in the NRL need, is a strong kick returner. I just, I've heard so much about Lomax <laughs> over and over and over again. And I just haven't... I don't see it. I don't see it. As a ball runner, he offers nothing 
that worries anybody ever. He hasn't got a passing game that anybody needs to worry about. Not fast. He's not strong. His footwork is nothing to write home about. I just, I don't see it. Like, I'd love to be able to see it, and I don't see it. He <coughs> just seems to me to be another one of these great white hopes that you see coming out of Great Britain Rugby League all the time. And, you know, like, they love him. They absolutely love him. But, you know, if he's the if he's the saviour, if he's the one that they're like, oh, they need to get Lomax, no, nah, it's not happening, if you ask me. No, I fully agree. <coughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? Keep chatting. I need to go get a drink or something. Brother. I'm going to be yeah, packing no up worries. all the way. <laughs> no worries. So what are some of the other things that I didn't like? Uh, I thought the halves were poor. I thought Widdop was very, very, very poor. Um, I thought Hodgson was absolutely terrible. I don't ever want to hear about Hodgson being called one of the better hookers in the game. He's just not... I said during this game that I believe that um, Great Britain doesn't have a top 50 player in the whole world in their team. And I stand by that. I think that that's, I mean, that's easy to name 50 players better than every single player in that Great Britain team. I think Bateman is overrated. Um, and there's, there's nothing in that team that worries me. And people are going on about, oh, this player's out, that player's out. There's no superstars to come into this side. There's no one waiting in the wings. There's no there's no great, you know, saviour that is going to come in and, and save this great Britain team and go into England. This is just who they are. And they struggled to score a point against Tonga, who is a small island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. They've barely, barely been able to score against a New Zealand team that quite honestly looks disinterested and looks like they just want the off-season to start. I think that they're going to lose against Papua New Guinea next week, especially if it's hot enough. You know, they'll turn it up because that's what Great Britain does. You apply a bit of pressure and they fail. And they're going to blame, you know, Wayne Bennett for it. And this is just something that we've seen them sliding into for the last 30 years. This isn't something that's special. So I don't know why everyone's jumping in on Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett has to take this group of just averages, fuck players and try and do something with them and he can't he's a coach he's not a miracle worker i think they what they need if they if they want to if they want to persist with wayne Bennett and make it worthwhile they need him to be in england he needs to see the systems there and see what see what's going on because they've got a problem that goes a lot deeper than just the national side in my view yeah well they need somebody to and it needs to be somebody that's actually good. It can't be somebody that's pretend good. Like, it can't be one of these Super League club coaches who have a pretend record with pretend, pretend trophies. Why don't they get um, Tim Sheens? But is Tim Sheens... like the game, I feel like the game's past him. It has in the NRL. See, I... What I would, you know what I would do if I was in the <laughs> League? I would go to Craig Bellamy. And I would say, Craig, what would you... I wouldn't say, look, we're going to get you to. I'd say, what would you do if you were running all of rugby league in Great Britain? How would you fix this? And I would see what he said, because they need a complete overhaul from top to bottom. Because as it stands right now, 
rugby league in Great Britain is just going to be the life support system that teams from France and teams from Canada and teams from the rest of Europe and the United States use to get on their feet and then they'll leave Super League behind and Great Britain Rugby League can just wither and die on the vine. Like, that's where we're going. And I don't think that the emergency, you know, bells are ringing hard enough because they haven't been all this time. You know, at at what point is their failure bad enough where everyone in British Rugby League sits down and says, we have to do something. What we've been doing is not working. All of our great ideas that we have, all of our systems we have in place, they're not working. We need to try something completely different. And they're not at that level yet. I think it'll come when they lose to France. I think they see that as when we lose to France, that's when we know we need to do something. So I reckon they'll cop losing to Australia and New Zealand and now even Tonga on a regular basis. But so long as they don't lose to France, they will cop it. It's crazy, but I I think that's their mindset. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, look, it hasn't happened when they've clearly seen all of the Pacific Island nations starting to pass them now on the highway. So that's not enough. It it wasn't happening when Australia beat them by record scorelines at home and away under any circumstances with a neutral referee, with an Australian referee, with British referee... (laughs) Like, it, it, so that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough when New Zealand started winning trophies and Great Britain couldn't. No, so maybe you're right. Maybe we need France to do it to them. They've just accepted that the Southern Hemisphere's gone past them. And they've gone, yeah. well, fair enough. So long as we're the king of the Northern Hemisphere, that's good enough for us. And think the last time Great Britain lost to France wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's a while ago, but, you know, it was 1990. France were not a strong team then. No. And Great Britain had a pretty good side in 1990, and they lost 25-18. Um, the test before that, also in 1990, Great Britain won 8-4. And they haven't lost a, a test. Mind you, they haven't played one since 2007. But Great Britain hasn't lost to France since then. Um, England, the last time they lost to France was 1981. Hang on, are you telling me <coughs> they haven't played France since 2007? Great Britain hasn't. England last played them in 2016. I mean, still, that's pretty ridiculous. It's like, absurd. they are... They're, they're a flight away. They're, like, as close as... They're to a train ride away. Yeah. And they give us shit. They say, oh, Australia doesn't do enough for international rugby league. They won't get in a friggin' train and play France. Yeah. They've it's played... because they're too important. Just ask them. Let's see. I wouldn't be surprised if that game against France... Oh, no, that was a was just a standalone test. I thought it might have been in the World Cup to make it even worse. Um, yeah, so the last time they played against France was October 22, 2016. England won 40-6. Yeah. And you know what? The funny thing is that England slash Great Britain... <laughs> is going to be that team that can only score six when everyone else is scoring 40 against them. And they're going to turn around and say, but what about us? You know? It's crazy. Like, I get frustrated because this is stuff I've been talking about for a very long time. And to, to English people as well. They know it. 
You know, yeah. you can't talk sense to them. The thing is, it always seems like we're, you know, we're, we're jibbing because we're, you know, we like to see them lose. But, and to be honest, part of that's true. But at the same time, and more importantly, when we're serious about it, we want to see International Rugby League at its strongest. And the only way you can have that is by having as many top teams equally competitive with one another at the absolute elite level. Mm-hmm. And Great Britain should be one of those teams. And they're just not... They are so far away from where they should be. Uh, I think they... <coughs> they need to look at... What new young players can we look at bringing to this side? Stop thinking about um, experience and start thinking, you know, who are the young superstars we've got coming through? doesn't matter if we think they're ready yet or not. Um, let's just have a few a few games, beat against France. We can have England playing Wales, Scotland, Ireland, play all of those teams in the next year or two. Give them some experience at the international level. See how they go. What are they got to lose? You know, I, I, all, I look at English rugby league right now, and this, I mean, in Australian rugby league, you've got players that are good and they're also good athletes. And when I say Australian rugby league, I'm talking basically Southern Hemisphere rugby league because all the best players go to the NRL, and you know, all of the best players from the Pacific Islands, New Zealand, are in the NRL. And the thing about it is, the the best players are not just great athletes they're good they've got rugby league you know between their ears you know they they've got the timing down they've got the skill they they know how to read the game all those sorts of things great britain doesn't have that and they don't have the athletes either and it's they're a bigger nation than australia i mean there's more people there where are the athletes like is there a single athlete in british rugby league that you look at and go wow he's scary that dude Tim Henman? Like... <laughs> I don't think he's in British Rugby League, though. He, he could probably go. Where, we where, couldn't do where... any worse than some of their wingers. Would you put him on the wing? He's got a bit of height. Why you, could probably, you could probably put him at fullback. Imagine if he was weirdly just really good at Rugby League, like he got it. <laughs> he just went to tennis because he learned he'd get more money there. For coming, yeah. for coming second at the uh, at Wimbledon all the time. <laughs> Sometimes coming second is a good thing. Not hey, in sport. Get... Yeah, in sport. What did you think I was talking about? No, I was just saying not in sport. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, know. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Can you explain that to me, please? I, I, I know what tree you were trying to run me up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Say, I can do that too, you fuck. this is very true (laughs) now I'm just uh, covering my backside in the live chat here because Carson Broom has come along and and advised us that England did play France last year and I'm replying yeah because I just found out that they did Um, I I didn't scroll down far enough on my, uh, my page Ah, uh, so I'm just putting in the chat there. Uh, yeah, they did. Fergo fucked up. He'll just blame it on the flu. Yeah, it's the flu. See, the thing is that why are they not playing a game against him? <laughs> <every year? laughs> 
Like right, France flew, France flew to Wollongong to play a twenty-three and under team yeah. for Australia, and England can't be bothered just getting on the train. It makes no yeah. sense. And this is the thing: they should be get a bunch of young kids, mm-hmm. put them in a, into a, an official side, and say, right, you're now going to be official Great Britain lines. This is going to be your first Test cap. You're going to play France. Mm-hmm. Give them a go. See what happens. No, nothing bad can happen out of it. And there's, like, the problem that they also have, too, is their homegrown players. The step up between Super League and then going and playing versus Australia and New Zealand is just gigantic. Like, it's they can't handle the step. Um, you know, playing as a winger playing against other Super League wing, wingers, you might as well be playing against thin air because they're all crap. They, they haven't produced a good halfback since uh, Bobby Goulding. Like... And if you look, every single decade, they've got worse. Like, the team from the 70s was better than the one from the 80s. The one from the 80s was better than the one from the 90s. The one from the 90s was a shitload better than the one from the noughties. And that team, as terrible as it was at times, is better than the one that they've got now. They're getting worse and worse. When do, I just don't understand when they don't start panicking, when they don't say, hey, we're going to have a top-to-bottom review... And not a review where we all pat ourselves on the back and say we're doing everything we can. I mean, you get somebody from the outside that's got no vested interest in it. And they come out with a a review of what's going on in the British game and what they need to do differently. Because if Tonga and Fiji produces talent that is Fijian-born and bred right now, and they produce better talent than Great Britain right now, and I can name them all. You know, well, actually, there was a, there was a time several several years ago, yeah, where English officials decided to do a complete review of everything in their competition. I don't know if you remember it, but it was in 1997 after the uh, World Club Challenge in Super League. I think I do remember that, yeah. hey, because they were shocked by that World Club Challenge. They got pounded. I mean, we had the absurd situation where in the last round of games, Penrith had to beat Bradford or someone by 42 points to make the finals. Mm. And they only managed to beat them by about 30. It, <laughs> so it was ridiculous. And yet they, yeah. had, they ended up having to tweak the system to make it appealing for the English fans by letting St. Helens, I think, into the finals, even though they hadn't won a game. Yeah, it was a farce. And you know what? I do credit... <laughs> I, I credit that for because Super League's the Super League competition and look there it was just about pay TV it wasn't some big idea we both know that yeah yeah I mean, I'm only saying that for the listeners but uh, it's weird to say the listeners um, there's five but, of them yeah ooh, nice hello listeners um, but so the, but their their thing that they had was we've got international club footy that we can do and the World Club Challenge was a big thing for them I mean they got big sponsors on board um, and they had Visa and, and all sorts of things and it was supposed to be their big their big ticket item and when it turned into a one sided farce it was it was terrible and as you say they had to play with the the games the, well not the games but the system to make sure that they didn't just end up with no english teams at all involved and yeah it it, it was i think after that super league was like man we're not doing this again 
We need to merge with the ARL because this yeah. is bullshit. Exactly. It was, it was a joke. Um, yeah, they had the Super League Pool A and Pool B. Wigan were the only team that deserved to be there because they actually managed to win more than one game. They won two games mm. out of six, so it was still less than half. But Who the did only they other... beat? I think they beat Canterbury and... Was it Hunter? can't remember. Oh, pardon me. Um, yeah, they beat two teams. <coughs> I've got on my website, I have a an article about the... Or it might not be an article. It might just be a little thing about the 1997 disastrous World Club Challenge. The thing I find funny about it is they never add that to the World Club Challenge records. Mm. And so I would like I would have English fans at one point. They'd be like, oh, we've won more World Club Challenge. So I just went through and, and worked out what the record was with those games included to shut their faces. Uh, Wigan beat Canterbury 22-18 in the first round. And they beat Canterbury again 31-24 in the second round. Oh, sorry, in the fifth round. Yeah. Bulldogs let the side down. They did. Um, So, Penrith missed out despite winning all of their games and losing none. Um, Bradford Bulls made it despite losing all six of their games. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) And... Paris Saint Germain made it as well, despite winning one of four games. Wow. It was you've never seen anything more farcical than that in your life. It was it, it barely drew crowds. And um, no one here cared, do you remember? Yeah. Like no one here cared whatsoever. After the first round. These are the score lines in the first round, and the crowds just dropped off really savagely after that, so Brisbane beat London 42-22. Auckland beat St. Helens 42-14. That's an Auckland side that was in its third year. (coughs) Bear that in mind. The Cowboys, who were the whipping boys of everyone, beat Leeds 42-20. Adelaide beat Salford. Adelaide were created for this tournament, for the Super League tournament. So this is their first year. They beat Salford 50-8. Canberra hammered Halifax 70-6. The Reds in their third year beat Castleford 24-16. Hunter in their first year beat Paris Saint-Germain 28-12. Cronulla beat Warrington 40-12. Penrith beat Bradford 2016. And Wigan beat the Bulldogs 22-18. Yeah. And, I mean, it was something that you just laughed about in mm. Australia. Uh, and, I mean, it, I mean, there's, I've seen articles where they've said that it, it hurt in rugby leagues uh, international profile with big sponsors like Visa because of that competition. Like that's how bad it was. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the thing. That is that is the point where English rugby league should have gone. We are so far behind. Even their teams that are the whipping boys over there, they're only new, are handling our sides with ease. Mm. Our established teams. Oh, and by the way. Only half the Australians are there. Yeah. Like, it's not even like, oh, this is all of the best Australia's got and they're smashing us. It's like, no, this is half of them. Hmm. They're just running out second-rate teams. Yeah. (coughs) 
it's terrible. It, it's and you know what they there's still always some stupid excuse that they come up with. Like nothing changed after that World Club Challenge. I was supposed to do some big review, and we never had we never heard what the review produced. We mm. can see the results of what it produced, and that was sweet fuck all. But there you go. Um, just let everyone know it's half time here, and uh, I'll say this: I'd be surprised if Greece loses this game because at half time they're leading forty six to six. Wow! Well, um, it's a good which start. Which is only a converted try less than what Scotland led Greece by at half, uh, left, led Serbia over by uh, two weeks ago, and Scotland went on to beat Serbia eighty six nil. Jesus. Um. We're on track here. This, as I said, I expected Greece to win this game. I didn't think it was going to be like this, though. No, poor Serbia. I, there's, I mean, Serbia. They're they're trying. You know, they're playing the games. Uh but they they need something. I don't know what it is because I don't know enough about the situation. Well, they've got they've got two NRL players mm-hmm. who they could pick, but seem to be. Denied the opportunity to play for them. Who? Nick Kotrick. Yep. Adam Caesar. Aiden Caesar. Okay. Imagine the. I mean, you don't have to think much of Aiden Caesar, but you put him in this game. Oh, one hundred percent. And put Kotrick at fullback. Whew. That would be that would be pretty cool. He he would smash, absolutely smash, any of the teams in Europe, including Great Britain. Yeah. So it seems. This is just an assumption. It seems that Canberra are trying to do what they can to deny them from playing these games. Maybe it could be because they, they fear that they might get injured playing, you know, playing meaningless internationals against minnows in their eyes. Yeah. But those two players seem keen. Um, <clears throat> they tend to be turning up to a lot of games. I might even actually have those team, those players wrong. Uh, I have to figure that out. Did, who was it that the, the Trebojeviches can play for? Yeah, I think they can play for Serbia. Yeah, I thought I was, it was... I, was just, I was just thinking then, I thought... I know it's Caesar and, and Kotrick can play for a team. I thought it, I thought it was Serbia, but I could be wrong. Might be... Uh... Was Caesar going to play for... They were talking about him maybe playing for England, though. Nah. I thought I, I thought he was sure England. Let me have a look here. Turkey. There we go. There you go. Caesar, Caesar Turkey. is Turkish. Yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, Nick Kotrick is Serbian. There you go. Okay. So you could have. So for Serbia, they could have Kotrick. Jake and Tom Trebojevic. That's pretty handy. <laughs> like, that is just, that is undeniably a handy players to have. <laughs> Carsten Brummer in the chat says, Sticky killed City Country and now he tries to kill International Rugby League. Can't argue with that. Sticky? Oh, yeah, because he's stopping them from playing, yeah. Yeah. Why did he kill City Country? Well, I think they used to get an awful... Canberra used to have a lot of players in the uh, the country team. So he started pulling his uh, Canberra players out of the countryside so they wouldn't get injured in a meaningless match. 
Oh, I think I remember that. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they all whinge about the fact that not many players are coming from their, their feeder areas because Canberra used to rely a lot on that uh, Southern Highlands, Riverina area up into, mm. you know, getting up towards, not Bathurst, but, you know, Orange and mm. just south of there. They used to get a lot of players out of those regions. Now I think uh, Penrith is muscled in on a lot of yep. that sort of area now. They have, and they're, they're working down the Hume from there. They're taking over yeah. some of that area. And Canberra had a little bit of a whinge about it. And so now they've gone over to England to, to get their players. And they're like, well, you know, you had an opportunity to promote the game there and you you didn't want to take your players over there so they didn't get hurt. So, you know, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, if I was... I mean, Canberra going to England was a smart idea, but uh, that's not something you can rely on for too much longer, I don't think. That's true, yeah. Uh so yeah, there's there's a few players there that they could have. It'd be good to see them in there. I don't think we ever will, but it'd be good. Restart. That was a good kick. Yeah, Probably like I mean, I guess Mark it's the same pre- thing. I would hope that the Italian team in the World Cup doesn't end up like the Italian team at the last World Cup, which was just a farce. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, I hate it when I see that sort of bullshit carries carry on at the World Cup, where you watch a team. It, because and it's not about that team; it's about the opposition teams. Like a real French French team or a real United States team has to come up against a bunch of dudes that are from bloody Australia and England. Hmm. I hate that. That's right. And plus, as, I mean, as you've said before, and I fully agree with it, is the the World Cup qualifying process usually takes about three or four years, hmm. and pretty much. That entire struggle over that time is done by local players, homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. And then the very final step, when the, all those blokes have busted their backside and got their side into the World Cup, it's like, thanks guys, you've done well now, fuck off and watch it at home, we'll get our Aussies to come in and finish that off. Exactly, and it's gross. It's it, does, gross. it does nothing for those players. Nah. I mean, I, look, I, I had people saying to me for years, oh, it, you know, they get experienced by being around these NRL players. And it's like, no, you get experienced by being, having experiences. You don't get them by sitting down in the stands and watching someone else have them. That's right. If that's how it worked, then we'd all be pro footballers because we sat in the stands and watched other, one, other players do it. Second half has just started and it looks like Serbia has dropped the ball from the kickoff. Oh, Serbia, come on, man. We can't have you racking up a, a record loss. That wouldn't be good. World Cup qualifying. It's kind of weird. I mean, how did they get in this position where they can be in the World Cup qualifying well, there was, when they're there like, was a bit of an bad. issue. There was a bit of an issue that saw them take this spot. All right. I don't know the, the full intricates of the story, but um, Russia was supposed to be playing in Serbia's place. Yeah. And something happened with Russia which denied them entry into this. And so Serbia being the next best country, they came and took their place. <clears throat> there was some drama uh, last year where it might have been Serbia had to play a World Cup qualifier against Russia in Russia. And a lot of the Serbian players couldn't get in there because they didn't have valid visas or something like that. And so they had to send in a very weak team and Russia flogged them and Russia gained entry into the World Cup because of that. Or the World Cup qualifiers. Okay. Uh, it's been a bit messy. 
Yeah. There's always something <coughs> going on with Russian rugby league. Like, I remember years ago, and look, I don't know if this happened or not, but this is what I heard, that basically there was one club that was very strong and they got most of the better players. And because they knew they were in a position of strength, they kind of started messing around and saying, oh, we might just switch to rugby union full-time and stuff like this. Um, it's very strange. It's very, very strange. <laughs> yeah. European Rugby League is... Uh, it's a funny business. Well, you do, get, <coughs> you do get people that are involved in international rugby league sometimes that are a bit weird. And look... I guess you've got to be weird to feel as though you can make a difference in international rugby league and make a difference, but some of them are just weird, you mm. know, and I think it's fair to say that. Yeah, it's definitely fair to agree with it too. <laughs> um, uh, looks like... I think Greece has scored they have. It's 50-6 to 6 now to Greece with a kick to come from out wide. Ooh. Well, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to start getting hits. Biggest winning margins. Yeah. You'll be getting them as well. You've got a long way to go, people. <laughs> Very long way. Let's go to... Uh, Pretty sure the record was 120 to nil. <coughs> Who was that? Serbia was in it. Was it France? Did that? It might have. I think it was like 2003 or something. I think it was France... France or Lebanon was playing against... might have been Serbia. I can't remember. And... The touch, the touches have put their goal, their flags up. That's 52-6 to six with a great kick from touch. It's you interesting know, that the... I was going to say, it's interesting that the sideline officials are wearing the same colour shirts as the, uh, the Serbian team. Oh, really? Yeah. They might be Serbian officials. <laughs> They're not doing a good job. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe this is what they're best at. Imagine if the Serbs, they were just really good referees. They're like, man, we can't play rugby league for shit, but I'll tell you what, we can, we can, you know, judge hold kicks a flag. all day. We can hold a flag like no one else. Yeah. Have plenty of experience holding poles. You know, I, I've got these idiot POM fans, you know, who go on, I say that not one of these British players can be in the top 50 in the world. And I'm just basing it on results. I don't think that's an outlandish statement. I mean, you would take the entire kangaroo side ahead of them, okay? That's 17 players right there. You take the entire New Zealand team again, ahead of them. That's 34 straight away. That's before I've even stretched my legs. That's before I've had a coffee in the morning. 34 players, boom, done. You know, there's there's that, only one, there's only one Great Britain player who I consider putting in the top fifty, and that would be James Graham. That, see, that I guy, but the, the thing is, okay, I'm, I'm a massive James Graham fan. Mm-hmm. I like everything he does on the field. He plays with so much passion and ticker. The only thing that's yep. going to be his downside is his age. Well, yeah, thirty six, man. <coughs> yeah, but. That bloke is a, is a beast of a, of a player. Um, as we were discussing when we had our, our yet another magnificent episode of the podcast that we didn't record off air. Um, 
He was their best ball player this whole series. Mm-hmm. All three games, James Graham, best ball player for, for, for England. How about Gareth Widdop? Like, a couple of years ago, I thought he was the best player in the whole world. He was on fire, right? And now, not top 50. He's been McGregor-fied. Yeah, he has. Do you know, I was watching a thing of the best tries in the NRL in 2019. I think it was on their Channel 9 Facebook page or something. Uh, it just come up on my face. Oh, not Facebook, uh, YouTube page. It come up on my YouTube feed. And so I'm watching it, and there were so many good tries by the Dragons, but they were all early in the season. It was kind of hilarious. <laughs> <coughs> Everything after that point would have just been kicks to the corner. Yeah, pretty much. Not that they should be counted as tries, as we know. No, or tap-ons or bat-ons or tries on the last. Mm. They should all count for less. Uh, I just found out that Robert Hicks, the one of the top three Super League refs, is the official in this game. Oh, there we go. Means absolutely nothing. No. English referees are about as good as the English rugby league players. Uh, put the league players ahead of them. I think Greece have just scored again. Uh, you know what? This is one of the great things about live live broadcasts. Danny Widler has the scoop on the uh, <laughs> on Mitchell Mitchell uh, Latrell Mitchell's Mercedes Benz that he lent from a mate. He's got the scoop. Yeah, I, I haven't clicked on it, but it says. The owner of the $250,000 Mercedes Don't that Latrell Mitchell drove for a month during the finals has come forward to identify <laughs> it, and he's got plenty to say. Oh, sure he does. Wow. I Danny Widler. I bet he'll come out and say, yeah, it's not worth 250000 and it's my car. I'm going, we already know that. I'd be doing the opposite. I'd be saying, oh, yeah, that was my $250,000 car. It's for sale. I'll sell it to you for 180000 because it's really <laughs> 75 oh, actually it's second hand 60,000 oh fuck you can buy a Commodore now for the same price if you know how Mercedes depreciates it's probably worth 23,000 but Lewis Hamilton just won a F1 World Cup you know your world, you know, world championship in it so it must be worth a fair bit exactly you know that was the car that Latrell Mitchell he used to drive that car do you reckon there's a career in Formula 1 for Latrell Mitchell because, mate, at no. the moment, there's a situation where he may not get signed for next year because he's asking for too much and too many clubs are saying no. Well, he should just pick one team and sign for them because he's signed for every single team. What did you think about the news that he might be going to the West Tigers, which I think is a legitimate rumour, Andrew? I don't believe it's going to happen. <laughs> but why? Okay. I'll ask you a question. As a rugby league professional that you are. Okay. When was the last time the West Tigers signed a current test player from any nation who was under the age of 30? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> fucking... Let alone one that's under the age of 24. Doesn't happen. No. Doesn't happen. No. Uh, Man, I was going through some names, too, in my head, and I was like, no, he's old, old, old. Furthermore, the the Tigers are being run by a decent coach now. Yep. Can't say much for the the admin staff around him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
it looks like the Tigers are chasing harder for Jai Arrow than anyone else, which would be a smart signing. Yeah. A very good one and one they need to make. They're also very keen on AJ Brimson. Yep. And I think if they spent their money wisely and got those two guys instead of spending that same money on one Latrell Mitchell, that would be a better move. See, I disagree, right? And I'll tell you why. I lock in Latrell Mitchell because if I can get him on at 1.2 million even a season, I was watching them highlights of them tries. Latrell Mitchell's doing shit I've only ever seen Greg Inglis do, right? And he's a goal kicker on top of that. So I'm, I'm chucking another 200000 bucks on because he's a bloody good goal kicker. Like he's, as we've said on this podcast, 10 points a game he gives you. And that's for the Roosters, fair enough. But he's going to give you a lot of points, whoever he plays for. He's a young dude, not really injury prone at all. I, and I think for the West Tigers, you get a guy that's a, a top level athlete and you get him on a long contract then by the time the likes of uh, Mitchell Moses, uh, not Mitchell Moses, um, no, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell Moses is gone. He left. <laughs> um, what's his name? Moses 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 Mbai. And Moses Mbai. That's it. Um, by the time he leaves and all of these other play, these older players leave, and you know Benji retires, and I, th- there's going to be some cap space to use once again. And I think that they're more likely to attract talent if you've got a top-of-the-line player like Latrell Mitchell than if you've got no one. And I, like, I, don't, I think I agree with you. The likes of Jai Arrow would be good for the club. But I think that... I, I don't know. I, I just feel as though you get a chance to get a blue-chip player, you grab him and worry about the rest later on. Yeah, the, the thing is... Do you think Latrell's a, a blue chipper? No, no, he's a he's a Mercedes. And the thing is, if we're looking at the West Tigers, you don't you don't park a Mercedes on the driveway, <laughs> right? I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> let's just leave. Uh, well, let, well, let's as, not park it on the street. Listen, I'm from Mount Druitt. I don't fucking know what that metaphor means. <laughs> Now, if you had said, listen, you don't park your Commodore on the street, I get that. I don't You're think Bush, rent, we don't, we don't, we don't someone even have Mercedes. Someone will take the badges, okay? <laughs> but I don't get the Mercedes in the driveway. Um, <laughs> I'm from the Bush, mate. We don't even have Mercedes out there at all. Or driveways. Sure, you bloody, you bloody uh, Bushies, you have fucking all the land in the world, millions of bucks worth of land. I've heard it on... <laughs> I've heard on 2GB. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think looking at the Tigers and their, their salary cap, um, if, we, if people think they've got a war chest now, next year it's going to be quite a bit bigger. Because next year they've got the likes of um, possibly... Reynolds, Packer, Elijah Taylor, um, coming off contract. Those blokes are all on quite a bit of cash. Yeah. Uh, Chris McQueen as well. Um, Chris Lawrence, Benji Marshall. They'll also be off contract. Um, 
is it worth $1.2 million next year to see what Benji Marshall does when he has Latrell Mitchell running off him? Well, what I was kind of getting around to was the Tigers could have over $2 million available next year in the cap. Yeah. At the same time that Caelan Pollard comes available. Hmm. So, would you, okay, do well, you, what do, would you so, pay for Caelan? <coughs> Not $2 million. Um, okay. I think he's probably a $1 million player at the absolute most. I'm I'm not as sold on him as many people in the media are. I think he's a, a little at the moment a little bit of a one trick pony. Because mm-hmm. um, at the moment, all I see from him that that's hard to stop, and it's something he does all the time. He's drift left, hold the ball up, either wait for the defence to commit to him or to his outside runners, and then he decides whether to run himself or dish it to an outside runner. <coughs> you know it. the place for Kalen Ponga to go when his, his uh, contract is up, is the Melbourne Storm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, they'll turn him into a genuine six there. Yeah. Um, which is where he probably should be. But here's a little... Oh, look, there's a, this is going to be a runaway try here for Greece. Oh, the Serbs got him. And the wingers come over and done a Bo Ryan tackle where he's made sure the tackle was completed before he landed on him. <laughs> That's pretty much every Bayron tackle I ever saw. I was just making sure his socks were tackled. Exactly. Um, yeah, look, I think if the Tigers are smart, they'd be fixing up their forward pack for next year. Mm-hmm. That's something they need to sort out, especially losing Madison. Was, um, he was by far and away the Tigers' best forward all year. Mm. So they need someone at his level or better to replace him just to be at the same level they were for next year. Um, I'd also like to see them probably sign someone like uh, Danny Levi because they need a hooker. Yeah. I don't know who they plan to use. Someone suggested Billy Walters. I mean, he's played, what, 15 minutes of first grade and I think it was a, as a 5'8". So I, I saw that, like that. Uh, Josh Reynolds <laughs> play hooker too to revitalise yeah. his career. Yeah, the problem, the problem we got there is I don't know how he'd handle the immense amount of defensive workload required there. Being mm. hooker at the Tigers is different to anywhere else because the Tigers have struggled with props for so long that Robbie Farrow had to do pretty much a props worth, worth of defense for most games as well as a normal hooker's amount. Mm-hmm. So it was not foreign to see Robbie Farrow racking up 40 or 50 tackles every week. And still doing all the stuff in attack. So, Danny Levi is a pretty handy defender. Yeah. Um, another player who actually isn't signed yet, who who would be, I'd love to see at the Tigers, even if it's just for half the season until Little comes back, is Isaac Luke. Didn't he sign with someone? I thought he'd signed with the Appar- Dragons. Apparently it hasn't been approved yet. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So... He's still officially um, unsigned, which means Manly's probably going to chase him hard given that their hook is currently in the clink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Danny Levi, I mean, he's played, he played, I think he played one or two tests for New Zealand, so. Yeah, uh, didn't he play for Samoa? Was it Samoa? Look, it might be. I've, I've been, I've made a uh, pretty good habit of being completely ballsing up facts and stats tonight, so that could very well be true. Do you, 
Do you know, I don't know what it is. I didn't sleep that well last night, but I've been spotting raccoons all day. I know I fucked up Moses and Bai's name, but that's one. I've been spotting raccoons all damn day. It's been very strange. I've, I've been never, a little bit scared. I've never heard that 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 uh, turn of phrase ever before in my life. What the hell does that mean? Really? No. You never watched Seinfeld? I've watched Seinfeld, but I don't remember that line. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a well-known term. He played for uh, four tests for New Zealand and one for Samoa. There you go. See that? <clears throat> we're both right. I finally yeah, got we one. were. Actually. I finally got one right. That's how we're experts. <laughs> Carsten Brummer says, "Who doesn't need a hooker?" Absolutely fucking right, sir. I agree. Everyone, you can't go without a hooker. Someone needs to tell the West Tigers, "You, you need a hooker." Yeah. Look at the game's great history of calling up the services of a wonderful hooker that just services all of the players. Yeah. Just thinking the the uh Bowman had a great hooker. Mm-hmm. He fucked everything. I'll just keep updating the scoreline in the live chat. Just in yeah. case any of the five people still apparently listening are curious. That'd be great, yeah. Um, yeah, so what else has been happening? How about that uh, PNG versus Fiji game? That I I feel as though if the Tonga versus Australia game wasn't the best international this year that we've watched, I would say it's PNG versus Fiji. It was a very high-quality game, very exciting. Right up to the last couple of minutes, it was anyone's game. And both teams, they just they were giving it everything. They played both of them played really good, exciting rugby league. Yeah, they did. It was, um, I think it's one of those. Oh, he's missed that kick by a fucking mile. Um, it was one of those things where I think at the start of this international season, we we probably didn't think that Fiji would be as good as they have been. Mm. They've proven, I'd say they're. They might actually be better than Samoa by quite a margin. Not just in a one-off game, but I think consistently. Well, you know what? All, the only thing they really lack is a bit of depth. If, and they're going to get that when they get that um, wrong Massey Cup team going in the New South Wales Rugby League competition. And eventually, they'll become a Canterbury Cup side. That's the plan. Um, and when they've got that depth, that'll just give them that little bit of extra talent that they can draw on. Because, I mean, there was, uh, you look at this team, they've got so many stars. Uh, Sivo, uh, Vunivalu, uh, Kamakamitha. Like, there's just talent right across the park. They're so big and athletic. It's funny, the only team in the whole world that could... Like, you look at the Fijian team most of the, against most sides, and like, man, these dudes are just ripped. They're made out of stone. But then you see them against the PNG dudes and the PNG dudes they're like they're made of granite it's crazy it's crazy how they're built and they're just rock solid and I've never seen Sivo hammered as many times over the whole season as he was in this game like he was getting smashed by dudes that were half his size yeah it was it was a brutal game god I loved it I really did too and they the cool thing was they were playing smart footy. They were playing at a very high completion rate for both teams. 
and it was just brilliant footy. I, I loved it. I re- like there were good, good attack, good defense, good defensive reads. Uh, it had everything. It was just, uh, it was a real pleasure to watch. It was fantastic. And as you were saying that, Greece scored again, sixty-eight to six now after sixty-six minutes. Ooh, okay. So they're they're behind the clock. No, they're in front of it now. Oh, they're in front of it now. Okay. They they're off the they're way off the world record one though. Yeah, they're off the world record speed. Yeah, they've missed a few goals in the second half too. No, mostly because the goal kicker's leg is just getting tired. Probably, it's uh, what's that carpal tunnel syndrome that people used to say they were getting when they would sit in a desk all day, and then they'd be like, "Oh, my wrist!" Like these lazy pricks would sit at a desk. And then they'd complain about having a sore wrist while people were digging ditches and laying bitumen on roads. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm like articulately fired up tonight, eh? You are. It's hard to know why you're fired up. I mean, you've had a good night. You've seen you've seen a great game of footy. You've seen England lose again. Um, we're actually getting to see this game, which was we didn't think we'd get to. Mm. And you're fired up. It's amazing how we do that. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Sometimes I just like to do it. Well, it's been found today that uh, David Fafita has apologised for this incident, and that apology was accepted, which was very nice and humble uh, humble of the uh, Indonesians, I guess. Yeah, it was. And uh, there was a picture of him shaking hands with his alleged accuser, and they're going to sign some sort of peace agreement. So uh, good luck to the both of them. Yeah, I wonder how much... Um... Money may have been stuffed in his pocket by the Broncos for that uh, that that acceptance of the uh, peace agreement. I'm sure he did it out of the kindness of his Indonesian heart. I'm not questioning his heart. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how much Brisbane's paid for that. Oh, heaps. That <laughs> <laughs> is so. Uh, I suppose that wraps up a a, a big episode. It was a big uh, big scoreline as well for that game. Uh, got any share that you want to dish out there? Yeah, uh, go to patreon.com slash rlproject. That is where you can donate to the Rugby League Project page and help the digitization of Rugby League history, which is very, very important. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, it's fantastic, that is. Uh, What else have we got? Oh, have a look at our our new podcasting website, furgoandthefreak.com. Just get into that one. Yeah, it's ninety eight percent of the way done. We just got to add all of the guests we've had on, um, and there's also going to be things that there's a blog section now on that site too. So from now on, if we talk about something in the podcast, what we might do is say, "Oh, we'll chuck that up on the fergoandthefreak dot com blog, so you can check out whatever it is we're talking about there." So that'll be handy to have uh, available. Is there anything you want to give shout outs to? Um. Go to go to leaguefreak.com, go to fergoandthefreak.com, check us out on Twitter at FergoFreakPod. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube and on your podcast provider and give us a five-star review and a bit of a uh, bit of feedback as well on there. Make it positive and we'll uh, we'll shout it out on the on the uh, show. And we'll also put up your your reviews up on the uh, Fergo and the Freak website as well. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, we want to make sure that if you give us a review, that um, it's put everywhere. So we really appreciate all of the support that we get. It's really, really doing so much 
for the listener numbers. They're always growing, even though it's the off-season now, listener numbers are actually growing, which is kind of incredible. So uh, thank you so much for your all of your help that you've given us. And, uh, yeah, thanks for your support, everyone. Absolutely. And we'll try and make you as famous as we possibly can. Mm, it'll be and great. It will. Think of all the portos you could get then, as much as us. Yeah, yeah um, I had it tonight. It was so good. I missed out again. I'll try and get some later on. Oh, damn it. Anyway, that wraps up another great episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you later.